Hagutin Erev Shabbos to everybody, my beloved children, grandchildren, and special friends. And the Parsha this week is Vayechi. It is the last Parsha in the book of Bereshit. And we will end it with the three incredible words which we end every Sefer, every, every Chumash in the, in the Torah with. Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazak. Be strong, be strong, and let us strengthen each other. Such a beautiful way to end. So I'd like to have that in mind as we read this because the grand saga of the formation of the Jewish people comes to an end in this week's Parsha. Parashat Vayechi is the last Parsha in the book of Breshit. Breshit is considered by the rabbis to be Sefer Hayitzira, the book of creation, because in it the world was created and then the Jewish people were created. And after going through generations of every kind of family dysfunction imaginable, we finally arrive at the end of the book where everything ends up whole and healed and ready for this family to become a nation. Yaakov really is the bridge between the three Avot and the future of the Jewish people called Bnei Yisrael. His two names remain with him for his entire life. Unlike Avraham, Sarai, Sarai and others uh, who had their names changed, Av- Avraham never went back to Avram. Sarai never went back to Sarah. Yet uh, Yaakov and Yisrael both remain the names of our third forefather. Uh, symbolizing, I think, in this week's parsha more than anywhere, the fact that uh, Yaakov links to the past and Yisrael links to the future. And this is the bridge between those two uh, chapters in Jewish history. And so when, uh, when Yaakov dies, he asks to be buried in Maharata Machpelah with his forefathers, Avraham and Yitzchak. What's left behind in Egypt uh, is uh, B'nai Yisrael. Uh, and uh, Yosef stays with them with the condition that he will be taken back to Israel when the Exodus takes place. So he is buried in, in, when he dies, also in this week's Parsha, uh, in Egypt, but with that understanding, which of course was faithfully kept uh, when B'nai Israel returned uh, after the Exodus, at the time of the Exodus. It's of course ironic that a Parsha with the name uh, Vayechi, which means, and he lived, is the story of death, the, de- the two deaths, Jacob and Joseph. This Parsha is unique among only a few others. It's called a Parsha Stuma Satum. The word is sealed or closed because the parsha itself isn't designated as a starting point with a new paragraph or a space. It literally is a run-on from the previous parsha. And the rabbis have many reasons as to why one parsha would run on into another way. This one, but I think there's an explanation that speaks to me a lot more profoundly, and that is that Yaakov's life began when he found out in last week's uh, parsha that his favorite son, Yosef, was still alive. And uh, it uses the word, actually, of high, that he became alive again. And so I think that to disturb this run-on would be to break the last 17 years of his life um, uh, into, into two chunks. It's a continuation because it's a continuation of his, of his life. The Pasha is, tells us that uh, Yaakov moved down to Egypt and spent 17 years there before his death. Those 17 years exactly mirror the 17 years that Yosef was in the home of his father, Yosef, where he was treated 
as the favorite child. And so you see the book ends, uh, the 17 years where Yosef was treated specially by uh, his father. And now Yosef has the incredible sfut, the incredible privilege and honor to give those 17 years of kavod back to his father in Egypt. So we learn from the death of uh, Yaakov, uh, the idea of Shiva, the sitting Shiva for one who has deceased. We learn uh, that a burial of somebody is really called Chesed Shel Emet. And the idea there is that it's the truthful or ultimate real act of Chesed because it can never be repaid. We see that Rachel Imenu, the mother, our mother, which by the way speaks volumes about the beginning of the Jewish nation, we call her our mother because this is the first three-generational family that we deal with, which is functioning as a three-generational family. Rachel Imenu is buried uh, on the road out of Jerusalem. And uh, the reason for that is because we are told that when the Jews were ultimately expelled from Jerusalem at the time of the destruction of the temple, she was there along the road to meet them and greet them and comfort them. And that's why she was given that incredible schut and not buried in Ma'arata Machpelah in Hebron. It would be impossible to look at this week's parsha without realizing that it is really the, the parsha of generations. Generations backwards, as we see Yaakov seeking to reunite with the father and grandfather that he had in Ma'arata Machpelah, and also for him to link to the future generations as he pulls in Ephraim and Menashe to get his blessing. And what is unique about Ephraim and Menashe, um, after all, they are his grandsons, and he crosses his hands to bless Ephraim, who was second-born, ahead of Menashe. And we see multiple things. First of all, there's no jealousy between them. What's important about Ephraim and Menashe is not so much what was said, but was what was not said. No complaining, no jealousy, no discomfort, just equanimity, knowing that what happened was meant to happen. This is the first sibling relationship that does not have significant bumps along the way or problems. Every other sibling relationship from the beginning of Genesis until now was troubled to a greater or lesser extent. And over here we see nothing but love and affection between the two brothers. And that love between the two of them and the acceptance is a lesson for all of us. Secondly, Ephraim and Menashe were the first two Jews born outside of Israel, who were brought up outside of Israel and remained Jewish. And so as we have a huge diaspora, you know, Ephraim and Menashe represent that ability to bring up children in Goshen. And by the way, Goshen is the, the area, the geographic area earmarked for Jews. The name Goshen comes directly from last week's parsha, Vayingash, closeness. So Jews have to live in close communities in the diaspora. That's how they function best. And um, they lived over there, as I said, in peace and tranquility and uh, kept their Judaism alive all the way. And um, Ephraim is the symbol of Torah. He was the studious son who became uh, focused very much on the Torah and transmission of Jewish values. Menashe was the, uh, the businessman, was the physical man, the world of material, the world of finance and so on, and, uh, and of science and of the real world. And that combination 
uh, is the optimal combination. So when we talk about we should breast as like if Rami Manashe, it doesn't only mean like the two of them individually or even about their relationship, which was a remarkable relationship, as I've said. But perhaps most importantly, we should combine Ephraim and Menashe in our lives and in our Judaism. Yeshiva University is called Torah Umada, Torah and science, or Torah and con the contemporary world. And that combination of Ephraim and Menashe is the goal to which each of us should aspire in our lives and in the lives of our children and our grandchildren. In his blessing, Yaakov elevates them to be his children and gives them tribal status. Not only does he give them a blessing, but he changes them into the equivalent of his children, and they become two of the 12 tribes. Because Levi and Yosef were excluded from the 12, and these two boys were substituted in their place. Manasseh means to forget, and Ephraim means to grow. And while the tendency for most people may be to work on forgetting that which happened to them, which wasn't pleasant. I think we learn from putting the order in this particular sequence, Ephraim first and then Menashe, that the focus for all of us has to be on growth and development and evolution first, and then figuring out how we can forget, or if you will, deal with, process that which is less positive. There are people who get it the other way around. They're so focused on the negative that the positive aspects of their life, the potential for growth uh, and expansion, get clouded by the processing of the negative. He wishes that the children of Israel become like fish. And uh, I read a wonderful explanation about what's unique about fish. Um, first of all, we know that fish were spared destruction in the flood. They were the only animal that actually survived was fish. Um, and there's something about fish, not only in terms of their similarity with Jews being most comfortable in the Torah, in the world of Torah. And the rabbis tell us, Ein mayim ela Torah. There's no water other than Torah, which symbolizes Torah. And so we see that simile all the time. But there's something unbelievable about fish. They live in the water. And yet when there's rain, you see them opening their beaks to catch a drop of fresh falling water from the sky. And I think that that is a model for all of us to not be too comfortable in the environment we're in and to constantly seek opportunities for fresh insights and uh, renewal and enhancement and growth. And I think that the fish sticking its mouth out to catch drops of water is such a visual example of, I think, the way a Jew should view, should view life. The blessing of one's grandchildren is a uniquely human phenomenon. There is no other species on the planet where there is a connection between grandparents and grandchildren. In all the animals uh, on earth, the connection stops when parents and, and their offspring uh, have finished their relationship. And so um, I wish everybody a Shabbat Shalom. May we all be blessed to link backwards to the people who came before us, as we see in this week's Parsha, and to link forward to our grandchildren and beyond. And uh, we realize then that we're simply uh, links in the chain that starts all the way back and goes all the way forward. We're simply links in the chain, processing the future via the present into the past, processing the next generation through ourselves and into history. And uh, it's, a, it's an extraordinary vision of, of this bridge parsha 
which I hope will inspire everybody as it has inspired me. Shabbat Shalom, and we'll see you soon.